0: This week's podcast from Church on the Rock, we hope that it will challenge and inspire you to be a more passionate follower of Jesus. For more information about Church on the Rock, visit us at cotrcalera.com. All right, so um, anyways, we're, we're diving right in. It's First, uh, first Corinthians chapter 9, and uh, over the past couple of weeks, we've been in a, a, a series of called having purpose in every step. We talked about um, how, um, you know, living a life of greatness, doing incredible things with your life does not happen on accident, but it is something that happens on purpose, that we put purpose in every step. Um, incredible uh, athletes train for every season, they go about a rigorous schedule, and um, a very purposeful, very detail-oriented schedule about, you know, uh, training and, and diets and all these kinds of stuff. So they, they, they put themselves through all of this training uh, for a particular purpose so that they could have uh, an opportunity to have a, an incredible season and to, to, to win championships or trophies or whatever it is. And, uh, and so, we, you know, God has, has, has brought us, uh, you know, onto this earth for this particular moment in history, for such a time as this, so that we, you know, could um, make an impact with our lives, so that we could do something. He, he, he births us, he brings us into this world. The Bible says that before he even formed us in our mother's womb, that he knew us, that he had a plan. For I know the plans for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. This is what the word of God says about us, that God has plans for us, he has a purpose for us, he has something that, that, that he wants us to do, that we were, we were born into this particular moment in history so that we can live our lives in the city that we're living in, so that we can use our, ta- our talents, our treasure, our time to make a difference in people's lives, so we were, and, and so last week we talked about you know, the issue of time and and using our time and taking our time and using it wisely and understanding that, you know, there's a certain amount of time that we all have on this earth. There's a certain amount of time that we have, um, you know, that we spend sleeping and eating and working and doing all these other things. But the marginal time of our lives, where do we spend that? How do we take that? And if we invest our time, Okay, into the kingdom of God, then the kingdom of God will become a part of our heart. And when something becomes a part of our heart, it, it, it begins to create purpose in our life. All right, And so we're talking about this because Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 20 through 22 through 27, it's kind of like our, um, um, our go-to verse that we've been talking about uh, with this series. It says, when I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to serve, save some. I do everything to spread the good news and to share in its blessings. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. All right. So I know that, you know, maybe we could read this particular passage of scripture and say to ourselves, like, well, you know, Paul is is talking from the standpoint of being a preacher because he says, you know he's really talking about having purpose with every step because he is an apostle and he is a preacher, and he goes out into the world and he preaches the gospel and all these kinds of stuff, and so he's wanting to make sure he has purpose in every step because as a preacher of the gospel, he doesn't want to make sure he wants to make sure that his life is not disqualified after having preached um, to everyone else. But I would say this that, that while you may not find yourself in say the fivefold ministry calling of the church, the you know apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, and teachers um, that God calls and equips to lead the church, and a lot of times those people lead the church from maybe a pastoral or positional place inside the church you you may not have a calling upon your life like that, but we are all preachers of the gospel, okay. We are all preachers. Have ever heard that saying, like, um, preach the gospel at all times, use words when necessary? Right? So it's, it's, all, it's about your life. It's about the life that you live, that, that, that your life is supposed to be a testament to who Christ is and the way that he lives and his goodness. It is supposed to declare the goodness of God. The Bible says that we're supposed to make the most of every opportunity, writing not just to the leaders of the church, but the people in the church. Make the most of every opportunity with outsiders, because we know that the days are short. So the Bible says that we all have a responsibility. Every person, every person that finds themselves in the church has a responsibility to be an ambassador for Christ in a lost and dying world. All right? And the reason is, is because you have touch where I do not have touch. So I may be the preacher at Church on a Rock, but you have a sphere of influence in a world where I cannot go and I am not in. Now you may be able to reach out sometimes and bring people in that world into the world where we all kind of cross circle together. But you have tentacles and reaches that go into a world that I do not have, that I do not have and so therefore, you become the ambassador, you become the preacher, you become the person in the workplace that reaches the people that don't come into the church. You become that preacher, right? So just like Paul, we have a responsibility okay, to live with purpose in every step so that after having preached to a lost world that we live around every day about how good God is and about how good Jesus is and about how great his mercy and his love is, that after having preached to the world, we ourselves might not find ourselves disqualified. So we run with purpose in every step. We have to have purpose. And in order for us to, to really run with purpose, our heart has to be into what we're doing. You see, if your heart is not into it, if your heart is not into it, you're not going to be into it, right? You're not going to be. You'll never be very good at anything your heart is not into, right? I mean, you know, if you you decide to pick up running, but your heart never. I mean, you're just you're just not going to do it very long. Um, it, it's just not something your heart has to be into it. And so last week we talked about your heart and what does your heart have to say, and and how. There are people that give advice saying, just follow your heart. Which, by the way, I think is probably the worst advice that you could ever get. Why? Because the heart does does not lead you correctly. All right? The heart, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's deceitful above all things. The heart of man. So if you're just following your heart everywhere you go and everything you do, I'm just going to follow my heart. How do you know that your heart is leading you in the right direction? Right, and so the Bible says. So Jesus, what he does is he comes back around and he talks about the heart, and he says, he says, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where rust and moth do not come and destroy. And the reason is, is because for where your treasure is, okay, there your heart will be also. Matthew, that's Matthew six chapter twenty-one. Where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. When you begin to invest your treasure into something, your heart begins to follow. For the longest time, um, I, I never invested money into the stock market. And over the past couple of years, I've been putting some money in the stock market. And now like three or four, maybe five times, sometimes even t- you know two or three times a day, I'm checking the stock market. Whereas for 15 years of my life, I never checked the stock market. But now that I have money in it, okay, now that I've put my treasure in it, My heart is beginning to follow it. You see, where your treasure is, there your heart's gonna be able to follow. And if you want your heart in the kingdom of God, then your treasure, you you gotta put your treasure there. Now, one of the things that we talked about last week was also that treasure really equals three different things because it's not just about your money, even though it is, it's not just the only thing that we treasure in our life, right? Treasure can be broken down into three different things. Your time, your talents, and then your real treasure, your earthly treasure, your time. You see, because when you invest your time into something, your heart begins to be in it, all right? And that's kind of what we talked about last week in particular is the issue of time, that we all have a certain amount of time, all right? And, and if we invest our time, um, when, you, when you put your time into something, you begin to care about it, and you become, become more pur- purposeful in the way that you think about it. Um, it's kind of like... Uh, The more you run, the more you run, the more you like running. Right? The more you discipline yourselves to work out, the more you enjoy working out. I remember, I remember, I know this is, um, you know, back when I was in my 20s, I used to love to run. I just did. And um, I've got a bad foot that's really kind of caught up with me over time. So I don't run near as much, I don't run actually at all. um, Unless it's chasing my children. Get back here. Um, But, I used, to, I used to love to run, and, and I did it all the time. And it, but I, I would, you would go through seasons, right, with stuff like this, right? So you, but when it, whenever there were moments in my life where I was like, man, i gotta, I got to get back into running so I can exercise and stuff like this, I, knew, I I found that like I never really wanted to run when it was, when it was time for me to run. I didn't really want to do it, and, but I would discipline myself to do it, right? And then the more I did it, the more I actually wanted to do it. And the more I, I actually, you know, when I would get up and I would go stretch, and then I would start running, while I'm in the running, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the mood now, I'm running, I'm, and you know, it doesn't mean I'm not cramping, I'm not hurting, but it just changed, so the more you put your time into something, the more your heart begins to gravitate towards it, and that's kind of where we were going last week, and so this week, what I want us to talk about our talents, because your talents are important, and I referenced this a couple weeks ago, like, your heart gets into things that when you put your talent into it. So like, for example, um, if you play on a sports team at your school, okay, and, and you have a talent for it, you care a lot about the success of that team you're playing on. Now, there may be a bunch of other teams in that school that play, and you could probably care less whether or not they do good or not. I mean, you may be happy, like, hey, my school won a championship, yay, okay? But in reality, you care more about the team that you're playing on than any of the other teams because you're putting your talents inside of that team. And it was no different than when when I was in school. I I played basketball, and I, I cared deeply, okay, that we couldn't win a lot of basketball games, but I didn't really care a whole lot about the fact that our football team couldn't win any games. Most of the time, I just laugh about it, like "Ha, ha, ha you guys are terrible." <clears throat> I know we're terrible too, but I would get mad about the fact that, like, we would lose basketball games. But I wouldn't get mad if our football team lost games because I wasn't investing my talent into it. Right? Okay. If you invested your talent into a band, you would want that band to be the best it could be, and you would be aggravated if that band wasn't being as good as it could possibly be. All right, so when we take our talents and we begin to invest them in it, the Bible says that our heart will follow, okay? Our heart will follow our talents, all right, these talents. And so every single person, okay, that is in here in this room, that is a part of this church has been given talents by God. Okay, you have been given talents by God. Every single one of you. You may not feel like you're talented. You may not feel like, yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is. Okay. You may not feel like that you have any talents whatsoever, but we've all been given talents in our lives. And it's places in our lives where we, are, we have devoted our talents the most that can captivate our heart and our attention. And once it has our heart, it has our purpose. And so in order to live with purpose in every step, the way that Paul talks about it, okay, what we have to do is we have to understand the talents that God has given us and then use those talents inside the kingdom of God to do something to enhance the kingdom of God, to grow the church or God's kingdom or whatever it is, right? And so we kind of live in a society, though, that, that puts talents on, um, you know, scales. Our society does a really good job of, of trying to define what, what talents are more valuable than other talents. And so you have, you have guys that can dribble and shoot a basketball that can make millions, and they have this natural talent to do it and then you've got guys or or girls that have a talent to teach and can just make thousands by teaching 5 year olds, you know, 6 year olds. So we we've done a really good job of deciding what talents are more valuable. Maybe it's maybe it's you know the market. So it's our money that is invested into those things through, for entertainment value that is dictated you know all of these things that are there, but nevertheless, we have still in, in a way created classes or or you know that, that this this talent is worth more than other talents and um, the way that talents work in the kingdom of God work a lot different than that um, and, and it 's just different when you think about god 's kingdom and you think about his church and his people. When you, you talk about the talents that God has placed inside of your life, to, um, I think God highlights the fact that every talent, it doesn't matter how great or how small, every talent is valuable to the kingdom of God. Every one of us, no matter what it is that we do, no matter where it is, and, and, and we, we, can, we can have the same problem that ha- happens in the church that happens in the world that we, we escalate the talents to that some talents are more important than others, as if, like, my calling and talents that God's placed in my life are more important than anybody else's talents that are represented here in this room. Is my, important, is my talent and calling important? Absolutely. But so is yours. So is yours. Your talents and your abilities and the things that God has placed inside of you, the giftings that God has placed inside of you to do the things that you're able to do well are important to the kingdom of God. They are important to God's church. They are important to God's plans here on this earth to impact people's lives. Your talents are The, you know, the Bible oftentimes talks about the, um, all right, so a lot of times when you look in the Bible and you start reading about the church and how we all make up the church, um, the Bible oftentimes uses the body, the human body, as an explanation for how the, how the individuals in the church make up the body of Christ, right? They, uh, so, you know, Scripture, obviously, you've heard that it's the, the uh, Christianese reference the body of Christ, the body of Christ, and it's talking about the church as the body of Christ, and this body, and, and, and even when you read in Revel, uh, not Revel, Romans and and even in Corinthians, uh, you know Paul really kind of breaks d- down a little bit more, saying that we all are. Are, are different members, but are part of the same body. We all have different functions, but we're all part of the same body, all this kind of stuff, and they, and, and that we all need to use, you know, our gifts and talents in the body of Christ to, to make a difference and, and all this kind of stuff, so to use them as our, the parts of our body, as instruments of righteousness and all this kind of stuff. And so you can look at the body and think about the parts of the body that seem really unimportant parts, you know, like, like you know, you think like, why do we have certain parts, you know, of, of our body? And you think, you know, what I could probably, I could probably do it without the pinky. I, do I really need the pinky? And then, like, you break your pinky, and you're like, oh my gosh, like I really use that pinky all the time. What's the matter, you know, right? You ever done that before? Like, you thought, like, that, I don't even know, like, I don't, from a day-to-day basis, I don't even think about the fact that, like, I even have a pinky, but when I don't have a pinky, it, like, makes life really difficult to adjust. Like, I, you know, and, um, and so, it's almost like, even in evolution, like, for the longest time, uh, you know, evolution, you know, they have lots of stuff that they do, whatever, but, um, for the longest time, Evolution, uh, evolutionary theory said that the appendix was a useless part of the body. You just didn't need the appendix. It was kind of a leftover part that we have in our body through a process uh, of evolution. It's just kind of, through the process of evolution, it's just kind of stayed in our body over the course of time, and so we have this appendix that's inside our body. We don't really need it, you know? Um, and that was, and that they, they widely thought that, About the appendix until about 10 years ago or so, the scientists discovered that uh, it actually, in, in, in 2009, they found out that the appendix actually holds beneficial bacteria for the body. Like it actually is holding bacteria that's good bacteria for your body to help you fight off certain infections and stuff like that. And they didn't even know it. For the longest time, they thought it was just kind of like, oh, we don't need the appendix, it's no big deal. Yeah, I mean, and the truth being known is that you can live without the appendix, right? If it burst and you got to go get it taken out, you get it taken out, and life goes on. But it does affect, it's not a useless part. In other words, God didn't put it there, but like, oh, doggone it, I ran out of things to do, so, uh, you know, there's the appendix. It's just going to be there, I guess. I, you know, so, in, in in just like in the parts of our body, okay, that 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 seem to be, you know, useless, or, or maybe we think that, that these are useless parts of our body. When you think about it as, as it relates to the body of Christ, um, it doesn't really work that way, even though we can have the same mentality. And so the Bible here referring to us as believers in certain parts of the body of Christ, that when the members of the body of Christ decide that they are not talented enough, Or not important enough, then the body begins to suffer. Right? When we decide within ourselves that maybe my talents aren't good enough. My abilities aren't good enough. What I have to offer isn't good enough because it's not preaching and it's not teaching and it's not prophesying and it's not evangelism and it's not all these other things. That maybe my talent is not good enough. And does it really make a difference if I stand up there and greet people? Does it really make a difference if I sit back here and wipe snotty noses? Does it really make a difference if I do any of those other things? Because my talent is not near as good as all these other people. And then we say to ourselves, well, do I really have the time to use my talents? Do I really have the time to give my talents? And all the while, God has created you for such a time as this, on this particular moment, in this particular time, and has given you talents so that you can benefit and grow and strengthen the body of Christ. And yet, what what would happen to my body... If my pinky just said, you know what, I'm not the eye, I'm not the ear, I'm not the tongue, I'm not any I'm just the lowly pinky. I don't even know if I'm used that much. I can't really even do anything. I'm not even that strong. I think that I'm just not going to function today. Then my body would suffer. Now, could I live my life without the pinky? Yes. I mean, there are people, all right, and let's just, let's just be honest, there are people that have shown, like Nick Wojcik, right, who's ever seen a video on him um, on YouTube, who has no arms or legs, and he is fully functioning, and does all these incredible things, and is a motivational speaker, and goes around speaking to people about, you know, purpose in there, so yeah, he's able to um, he's able to take the life that God has given him, and, and, and use the talents that God has given him, right, to impact people's lives, but Let's just be honest: life is easier when you have arms and legs. It's not to say that he doesn't have purpose because he doesn't have arms and legs, but the truth is, life is easier when you have all your arms and legs. Life is easier when you have five toes and, and, or ten toes, five toes on each feet, right? When you have 10 fingers, when all of the functions of your body work the way they're supposed to, okay? things are better, right? It doesn't mean you can't can't live and you can't operate and you can't make it, because you can't. But things are stronger and things are better when all the parts of your body are there and functioning correctly, right? I mean, that's just the truth, all right? And so... the church becomes stronger the church becomes stronger when all of its members decide i have something to give i have a talent that god's placed inside of me let me use my talents all right listen when you begin to take those talents no matter how small they are and you begin to put them in practice all right then listen purpose begins to fill your life you're like okay i have purpose now i'm doing something now i'm using my talents in my giftings and the things that God's placed inside of me to make a difference in somebody else's life, even if it is just smiling at them and shaking their hand, even if it is back there watching somebody else's kids, even if it is with our youth group or our youth ministry or you're part of a parking team or you're helping with the lights and the sound or you're on the worship team or whether you're helping out with small groups and and those kinds, there's purpose behind what you're doing to make the entire body function and strong. In Matthew chapter 25 Jesus tells a parable. If you are familiar with the Bible, you probably saw this coming. Me talking about talents, right? But I'm not going to read the whole parable to you. It's, I think it's the second parable in the in the chapter, so it's you know, starts somewhere in the teens, I believe. And um but it's, it's the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. And the, and the story goes that there was a master who had three servants. And he called the three servants together. And he said, hey, I'm going away, he says. And so it says that he gave to one, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two talents. And to another, he gave one talent. And he told them to take those talent, and, and he said to put them to use. And he goes away. And then the Bible talks about what these three servants did. That the one who had five went out, invested his talents, and got five more. That the one who had two went out and invested his talents and got two more. And the one who had one, one measly, simple talent, he went out and hid his talent in the ground because, all right, he just decided it. He wasn't going to use that talent. He wasn't going to invest that talent. He wasn't going to grow that talent because he was worried that he might lose that talent. And so then the master returns and um, asks them for a return. So the five, the guy with five comes back and says, you know, I know you're a good, you know, master. I went out and, and invested your five talents. i got five more. Here, here, here they are. And then the one with two said, I went out and invested the two, and, and I got two more, and here they are. Which really kind of shows something, right, that when you, take the, the, when you take the talent that God's given you and you begin to invest them the way that God wants you to, that God will begin to give you more talents, so your talents may not start out being a preacher on Sunday mornings, and may start out being a, a parking team member waving at people when they're driving in. But when it when it's all said and done, all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're preaching on Sunday mornings, right? And I'm not saying that to scare you, you're like oh my gosh, well I'm not doing that. Okay, I'm not saying that that's what you're going to end up doing. I'm just saying that like when you begin to take your talents and you begin to invest them, God will begin to grow them, all right? God will, will grow them. And if you want to look at this, you say that God will double them, all right? He'll give you a double portion, a double portion of what you began with when you begin to take them, when you begin to place them, all right? So number one and two, they, they take their talents and they make more, okay? They had purpose behind what they did with the talents that God gave them, God, the master gave them. And they went out and invested them, and, and it, it became more, and the one, the, the, one the, the, the one who received one talent did not right and listen to what servant number three says uh, to the master he says, um, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, "Master, I knew that you, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you do not sow, and gathering where you scatter no seed." So I was afraid." And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. All right. And so uh, if you read further in that particular passage, you read that things did not end well for this one servant. Okay. He was still a, listen, all right. So there is a pastor and three people in a church. So things did not go well for this church member. Okay. Things did not go well for this person who came to church every Sunday morning, right? Because he he didn't take the talent that God given it, given him. And invest, if you read it, obviously the Bible says that, hey, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take what I gave you and I'm gonna give it to somebody else, right? But I, I really want to point out the fact that um, the 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 one servant here, and they all kind of said it, but. He says it right here in this, in verse 25. So He says, so I was afraid, and I went, and I hid your talent in the ground, okay? I hid your talent in the ground. Whose talent was it? It was the master's talent, All right? It was the master's talent. It wasn't his talent. It wasn't the servant's talent. It wasn't like the servant somehow earned this talent that he had, okay? All right? It, the master had given the talent to him, and this is what ha- this is the way it is with all of us. Okay, God has given you the talents that you have, and they're not yours. God has given you the talent that you have, and they are not yours; they are His. They're His talents. Those abilities and those giftings that God has placed inside of you are not things that are yours inherently because you are so great and because you cultivated and made them on your own. The Bible says that God has the one, is the one that has given you those talents. And what He expects you to do with those talents is to take talents to invest them the way that they should be invested so that they bring a return, so that they bear fruit. Okay? They bear fruit. And are the talents that God has placed inside of your life bearing fruit okay, for the kingdom of God? Are they? Are you taking the talents that God's placed inside of you okay, and using them in such a way that they are bearing fruit for the kingdom of God? Because this is the standard by which the Master, when He returns, will look at us and say, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? What did you do with the talents I gave you? Everybody has been given talents. Every single one of us has been given some ability to do something, right? And when we when we can get to a place in our life where we um, where we 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 are confident we are convicted of the fact that god wants us to live with purpose and and to live with purpose it's going to require some of our time and we, we begin to invest our time we know that we can use our talents okay and we begin to use our talents okay then we all begin to strengthen the body of christ and grow the kingdom of god And just like Paul says, so that when I get to the end, I'm not going to find myself disqualified. Rob, if you'll come. Um, We all have talents, we all have abilities, we all have natural giftings. And God wants us to use those talents, no matter how large or how small, to impact and inspire other people. I got a video I want you to show about using what God has given you. Your talent <clears throat> is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. And I know that it's really cool watching a little kid dance like that. You know, he became an inspiration, and it's also interesting to note that like his life wasn't perfect. And I think that's where sometimes maybe we misunderstand what, what it means to, uh, to live with purpose in every step. Like, like we have to have, like life's got to be all put together for us. Like that everything's got to be perfect and um, everything in our lives, we got to have all of our ducks in a row. And, you know, the, the truth is, is, is I don't know, like I, I don't think there's ever going to be a moment where that's going to be the way it is. It's certainly not always a prerequisite for being used by God and doing great things. I mean, if you look um, at some of the characters in the Bible who were used by God and did great things, they they certainly weren't people that had everything together. They they had issues, they had problems, uh, even in the midst of you know difficulty and being bullied in a in a in a, a home that was a wreck. He you know he was, was you know hot scotch in the form of a cross, and he was using his his talents there in the midst of all of this to, to inspire other people to the point to where you know, he impacted the people around him. That's what we see here. And, and, and we all have the same ability. We all have the same opportunity to take the talents that God has placed inside of us and, and to use them. And it doesn't matter. Like, we may be a mess. We may have you know, problems and in, in, in trials and difficulties that we're, we're facing on our own, our own challenges, our own problems. I think one of, the, one of the breakthroughs that we can experience in our life is that even in the midst of our own pain, we look to reach out to other people. I think some of the greatest things, some of the greatest testimonies I've heard of healing have been from uh, people who had cancer, who prayed for other people who had cancer, and the person they prayed for, is you know, even in the pain, even in the moments of our life where, where we have our own struggle and we have our own strife and our own difficulty that we're facing in our life, it doesn't excuse us from stepping out to be the person that God wants us to be. And God wants us all okay, to use our talents to glorify His name, to use our talents to glorify His name. And it may be as glorious as dancing there or it may be as glorious as just playing hotscotch. It doesn't really matter. We all, have, we all have giftings. We all have talents. We are all a part of the body of Christ. And when we can take our talents and put purpose behind them and, and invest them into the kingdom of God, then it strengthens the body of Christ and makes us all stronger. It makes us all stronger. And we've got to understand that. We've got to come to a place of conviction in our life, not, to, not so that we mentally agree, but, but then it begins to move us. It moves us. It, it moves us from the place that like from a place of, of idol. And just maybe we're just idling or coasting along, to a place where I've got to take action. I got to do something, you know. That I've got to step up and go. So, you know. So you may not be able to do everything, but that's okay. Nobody's asking you to do everything. But but you can do something. You can do something. God is it within your ability to do something for God's kingdom, something for God's church. And so we have a responsibility, whether, listen, whether you were at church on a rock or you're somewhere else, it doesn't matter. I hope and pray that if there ever comes the day where you leave our church, that you go somewhere else and you invest your time and you pour out your talents and your time and all your energy into that place where you are going to. Why? Because it's not just about Church on a Rock. Okay, we're all a part of the body of Christ. We're all a part of the kingdom of God doing something great for God's kingdom. And so we have to use the talents that we have with the time we have left here on this earth for a great purpose to impact this world and to change people's lives. We have a responsibility, a calling, and we'll stand before God and give an account of our lives We'll give an account of the talents that we have. We'll give an account of the time that we have. We'll we'll give an account of the purpose that we live with in our life. Because listen, God wants us to live with purpose in every step, every step of the way, every step of the way. God wants us to have purpose. And so my prayer to you is this. What can I do now that I'm not doing? What can I do? That you could ask yourself this question honestly. In God's presence, what can I, what can I do, that I'm not doing, right now, to invest in God's kingdom, to invest in other people, whatever it is. It may not, it may be something that's you know at your workplace or something that's in your family. What can I do to impact people's lives that I'm not doing now? You stand to your feet this morning.